السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على سبيله ونهجه ومن استن بسنته ومن اهتدى بهديه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وقد قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم الذين يأكلون الربا لا يقومون إلا كما يقوم الذي يتخبطه الشيطان من المس ذلك بأنهم قالوا إنما البيع مثل الربا وحل الله البيع وحرم الربا صدق الله العظيم All praise all thanks is only due to Allah Ta'ala who yet again has given us this beautiful opportunity of gathering in the house of Allah Ta'ala on this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah we make dua to Allah Ta'ala that He allows us to see many many more days of Jumu'ah we make dua to Allah Ta'ala that He allows us to appreciate this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah and simultaneously we make dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that He allows our last day of this earthly life to be the Mubarak day of Jumu'ah today the topic is the topic of riba, a very very serious topic a topic which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sounds very, very serious warnings in the Qur'an. In fact, Hazrat Shaykh Zakaria rahmatullah Ali mentions that after scanning the ahadith and after scanning the ayat of the Qur'an, there is no more severe warning for any sin than the sin of ribah. And he says, I found this and on one more occasion I found the other sin that this serious warning for and that is, Man adali waliyan faqad bil harb. That person that has dushmani, that person that has hatred for the wali of Allah, Allah declares war with that person. So the man that is involved in riba, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the ayat of Quran mentions that فَإِلَّمْ تَفْعَلُوا فَأْذَنُوا بِحَرْبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ That person that is involved in interest, Allah ta'ala says that if you do not desist from interest, then take an announcement of war from Allah ta'ala and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Can there be a more severe warning than this warning? Imagine Allah Ta'ala, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on one side and we are on the side. What chance do we ever have? We're not talking about America, we're not talking about Russia, we're not talking about China. Allah and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam one side declaring war against us. Can there be a more severe warning than this warning of the Quran? So anyway, this riba is something that is so serious. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the ayat of the Qur'an, I mention to you now, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in various ahadith warns us. One hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَعْنَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam آكِلَ الرِّبَا وَمُوكِلَهُ وَكَاتِبَهُ وَشَاهِدَيْهِ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself cursed the person that consumes interest, the person that delivers the interest. In other words, the person that is a supplier of the interest, whether he's an individual, whether he's an institution like the banks or any other financial institution, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa himself cursed him. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa cursed the one that writes down the document. In other words, the person that is preparing the contract of interest, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa cursed that person. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa cursed Washahidei, those two witnesses to this contract, those two parties that are witnesses to this interest contract, all three of them, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa cursed. And then he said, Hum sawa. All of them are equal. In other words, they're all accomplices in this crime of interest. First we get Allah Ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa declaring war. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa himself cursing the person that is consuming interest, supplying interest, 
the people that are preparing the agreements and the people that are witnessing this interest also. Another hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi alayhi salatu wa sallam mentioned, Dirhamu riban ya'kuluhu rajulu wa huwa ya'lamu ashaddu min sityu wa thalathina zinyatan o kama qal alayhi salam. That a person taking one dirham, one silver coin, in that time you would find, and even now too, the gold coin is known as dinar, which is of value. Silver coin, much less value. Taking just one, one as we say, one lousy silver coin of interest, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is saying is worse than committing zina 36 times. 36 times committing zina, taking one silver coin of interest is worse than that. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, Ar-riba sab'oon hawban, aysaruha ayyan kihar rajulu ummahu. That riba, interest, usually has 70 levels. The lowest level, the lowest form of unjust enrichment, the lowest form of taking what you're not supposed to take is where a man commits zina with his own mother. That is the lowest form. Every other type of riba, every other type of interest is even worse than committing zina with your own mother. Can you imagine how serious this riba is? This institute of interest is. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, لَيَأْتِيَنَّ عَلَى النَّاسِ زَمَانٌ لَا يَمْقَى مِنْهُمْ أَحَدٌ إِلَّا أَكَلَ الرِّبَا فَمَنْ لَمْ يَأْكُلْهُ أَصْوَابَهُ مِنْ غُبَارِهِ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, a time will definitely come, a time will definitely come when they won't remain even one person except that he will consume interest. And that person that does not consume interest, the smoke of interest will get that person. The effects of interest will get that person. Somehow or some way, he'll end up eating or consuming or benefiting from the interest. So widespread would interest will become. In other words, towards the latter parts, towards the latter times, interest will become so widespread. Allah Ta'ala in one ayat of the Quran mentions, الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الرِّبَاءَ لَا يَقُومُونَ إِلَّا كَمَا يَقُومُ الَّذِي مِنَ that those people that consume, those people that eat interest, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says on the day of Qiyamah, what, what will be their condition? They won't stand up except like a person who has been touched by, by shaitan, who has the effects of shaitan. In other words, they'll be like a drunken person. A person in a drunken stupor. A person that is affected by jinnat. A person that is affected by jinn or by jinnat, you'll see that person is just walking around, roaming around, moving around. He's not saying things. He's like a senseless person. Ulama explain what is the relationship between that punishment and consuming interest in the world. Normally you will find that every type of punishment is a link between the sin and the punishment. What is the link between person waking up on the day of Qiyamah like a drunk person, person touched by shaitan and a person consuming interest. Ulama explain is that the person that was consuming interest in this world he was like a drunk person. He was just worried about getting more and more. How it came he didn't mind. Allah will raise him up in that condition like a drunk person. And he didn't care about the poor person, whether the poor person needed the money or didn't need money. Look at the banks today, if a person, he can't pay, he's a poor person, he's battling that house of his, that only shelter he's got, gets repossessed. They're not interested in your financial position. You can't pay, there's a repossession sale that takes place, that's the end of the day. In that drunken stupor, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is the condition you'll wake up. Ulama explained another reason also, is he would use a wrong justification. And Allah Ta'ala explains also in this ayat of the Qur'an, He says, this person goes on to say that, إِنَّمَا الْبَيْعُ مِثْلُ riba. He used a senseless, a illogical, an unthinkable explanation. He uses this justification. He tries to justify the wrong of interest. He says like how when a person is getting riba, he's getting interest income, 
it's, he's earning a profit, he's earning, he's making some income, he's getting profit. Like that when a person does trade, he's also getting a profit. So innamal bay'u mislur riba, trade and riba is exactly the same. Both are earning income, both are bringing you profits, so both are the same. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings a closure once and for all to this illogical argument. That when it comes to the law of Allah, don't try and apply your mind. Allah closes that argument once and for all. وَأَحَلَّ Allah made trade halal and Allah made riba haram. Finished. There's no further explanation and talk. This is the divine wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He made one halal and He made one haram. And now we ask ourselves and we go on to say that one is the ruhani, one is the spiritual effects that we are talking about now of riba. There's more economic, benefit, economic harms as far as riba is concerned. Mufti Shafi Sahib explains some of it. He says that this riba, the cycle of riba is such an evil system that is the greatest cause of economic maladies in the world today is because of interest. It is a system that is designed to in, enrich the rich and to enslave the poor, make the poor poorer. It takes advantage of the poverty of the people of low income or no income. This is such a thing that when a person be, lends on interest, this becomes his occupation. He just wants to continue and continue lending and getting more. He's not interested on the consequences. And then an example is given by the ulama. It's like a parasite. A parasite, what does it do? It sucks the blood of a person to feed itself. It sucks the blood of the poor. The poor get poorer. Look at the amount of African countries, Asian countries, other countries that are indebted. Loans running into millions. Poverty, why? Because of this interest system. So a man that hardly got money... And, and now he has to borrow and he has to pay more and he has to pay so much more. And Islam, what does Islam on the other side teaches us? Islam teaches us sadaqah. That give, be kind. A man is battling, give him time. When he is in a position to pay, then allow him to pay. And then Allah Ta'ala says, You make that man maf. He can't pay, you make him maf. In other words, you give him a type of sadaqah. That is better for you. Giving this person charity. Now this is what Islam teaches us. And on one side, you're getting this riba. Allah says, يَمْحَقُ riba wa sadaqat." Riba itself, it finishes the wealth. It destroys your wealth. And it's such a destroyer that it takes everything with it. To such an extent that 10 ran of riba, if it is placed, it is so toxic, if it is placed together with 10 million rand of halal income, it has the potential of destroying the 10 million rand of halal income. So dangerous this riba is. And then the other thing that comes with it, it brings anxiety, it brings worries, it brings problems. Sayyidina Ma'amar, may Allah Ta'ala be pleased with him, he says that we have learned from our elders and our seniors that hardly 40 years pass over a person involved in interest except that a major loss, major catastrophe will hit him. Not even 40 years. And how often you see people, ask those people that got experience and deal with people involved in interest. This is the harms of interest. One person himself gave me his story. He says that I said sometimes I would be in three provinces one time. I had such a massive construction business. That sometimes I got a construction running in Durban, one in Cape Town, one in Johannesburg. Three provinces in one day I would be just to oversee, manage all the construction. He says I got involved in interest. That was my downfall. Today if somebody employs me, one builder employs me, I'll be happy that I got a job. I lost everything because of interest. Another person, proud by building after building in the, in, in the, in the CBD area. And he would blow, boast about it. You ulama don't know what you're talking about. Interest is something that is part of our economy. We have to deal with interest. Towards the ending of the life, he comes to our offices crying, crying. And he says, if this is the end result of wealth, it is a curse. What had happened to him? One 
child of his went on to drugs, completely on the streets. The other child that he had, now suing him for some business dispute that they had, only two children to inherit his own empire. One is on the street and the other is suing him, taking him to court. He says, if this is the end result, there's no peace. This is what riba brings, it brings anxiety. And on the other hand, charity, the Islamic way of life, being lenient, being kind, giving soft loans, helping people, what does it do? It brings barakah, it brings life in the home, it brings life in the business, it brings life in the money. The money also lasts. That money that we're trying to acquire with riba, part of it in our mind is we want our children to enjoy that wealth. The effects of riba is even the children will have anxious anxiety. Even the children will suffer losses with that money that is coming down. It will be short-lived. So what we were hoping to do with that money, we don't even achieve that objective. With sadaqah, with kindness, with the Islamic way of life, with being lenient, brings about happiness, brings about contentment. In Bukhari Sharif, there is one riwayat, that there was one person that <coughs> the only good deed he did was... He told his debtor's clerk, I'm using my language, use the debtor's clerk, that listen, go through the debtor's listing. Go through the debtor's listing, see those that can't manage to pay. If they can't manage to pay at all, wipe off the debt. And those that can pay but just need a little bit more time, give them more time. So that's the only thing he did. He told that clerk of his, go through and see who is owing us money. Anybody that can't pay, make him off. If he can pay but he needs more time, Give him more time. There's no question about charging extra interest. There's no question about that at all asked. It comes in, the, in Bukhari Sharif that Allah Ta'ala made this person maghfirat on that one action. Just giving time and giving respite. Allah loves this so much that the person is kind. But the riba situation, the riba organization, the riba institutes, they thrive on making money from the poor. And then the other thing that we see is that when it comes to the system of riba, it is completely conflicting, contrasting, clashing completely. It's even compatible with Islam. So many years have gone, our ulama warned us about riba. Now suddenly we're seeing Islamic finance, Islamic banks, Sharia divisions open up, opening up in the same, same institutions of riba. How did it happen? When the anatomy, when the physiology, when the makeup of Islam an Islamic way of life, Islamic culture, Islamic business is completely opposing riba. There is no chance for riba to insist, to exist. How does it happen? How does it become possible that suddenly in the same institution now popping up one after the other Islamic divisions? A man can now take his money, put it in the bank. He's earning returns from there. What was ordinarily known to be interest, suddenly he's taking it as profit. What happened? The question begs, what happened? So now this is not something new. I'll just explain to you that there is a three-step, like a master key. There is a three-step approach, a master approach. If it is used for any prohibition, almost any prohibition, you can unlock that prohibition and make it appear to be halal. Allah Ta'ala makes reference to it. First we'll go through these three steps, just for our understanding purposes, and then we'll see that how things that normally would be haram, automatically now start, starting to look halal. The first step is evaluate, analyze, assess what the prohibition is. Evaluate, analyze, assess what is the prohibition. If the prohibition is that riba is haram, now we know that this is what the first step is. We analyze, we worked it out. The second step is design, develop a scheme, a strategy that will circumvent, that will go around, that will work around that prohibition to such an extent it must work around, it must appear, it must be guised, it must be cloaked in an Islamic garb. It must appear to the public that it is Islamic. Something that was haram 
it must be designed, it must be cloaked, it must appear, it must be window dressed to such an extent that it must now start appearing as though it's halal, it's permissible, it's kosher. And the third step is a simple step, implementation. First step is assess, second step is design, third step is implement. I'll give you a simple example for our understanding purposes. And it can be used for any prohibition, whether it's a worldly prohibition, whether it's a dini prohibition also. This three steps, master key can be used. It sounds nice, it sounds appealing, but it only leads to destruction. A father tells his son that I don't want you to ever put a cigarette in your mouth. That is the prohibition. Don't ever put a cigarette in your mouth. So the son, what he does, he analyzes, he assesses what this prohibition is. Don't put a cigarette in your mouth. So what he does, he designs a scheme, he goes to steps two. And he says, okay, I won't put the cigarette in my mouth. I'll get my friend to put the cigarette in my mouth. So I haven't, I haven't disobeyed my father. The prohibition was, I don't want you to put a cigarette in your mouth. I got the friend, every time I need to smoke, I put a, get my friend to put a cigarette in my mouth. And I need to cloak it as though I'm now religious. It's now something that's religious. Whether we give it an Islamic name, whether we start calling it takaful, whether we start calling it mudaraba, we call it musharaka, we call it murabaha, we call it diminishing musharaka, we call it ijara, give it nice Arabic names. Go to the website of these banks. Go and check it out for yourself. Somebody with a picture of an Arab scarf, a picture of a masjid in the back, it must give that name, sharia must fit somewhere in there to make that product seem halal. Something that was ordinarily haram, suddenly scheming is being placed. We bypassed, we bypassed that prohibition by just circumventing. If there's time, inshallah, and you bear with me for a few minutes, I'll show you and explain to you directly from the document, how it is from the, from the terms and conditions, how these things work. And the public are just unaware of it. It's as though they don't know what's going on. And a man, and it's increasing. Brother, sometimes on a daily basis we review, we audit, or it is a compilation report, or accounting officer's report. But at some point we're discussing and we're seeing that it's on an increase, almost on a daily basis. People don't know what they are up to by putting their money in the banks and getting returns and thinking this is halal and we are doing something good. So the second step, as I explained, was to cloak it and to garb it. So now this child, he goes to his father and he says, that from that day you told me that I shouldn't put a cigarette in the mouth, look, I'm wearing a kurta also. The father is getting happy, he's thinking that the son is doing a good thing. And later on, when the father comes to realize that the father's son did just a scheme, he's still smoking, but his friend is putting the cigarette in his mouth, will the father be happy or will the father be upset? The father will be very angry, that despite you know me, knowing what I told you to do, you designed the scheme to circumvent and go against my desire. So that's what happened is when we design schemes. Just to get, give you an understanding what happened as far as the banks are concerned. FNB, First National Bank, was formed in 1838. Islamic Division only came up in 2004. Standard Bank formed in 1862. Islamic Division forms in 2016. EBSA Bank Islamic Division formed in 2006. Just look at FNB and Standard Bank. After 160 years of existence, at the time when some of the most prominent ulama existed, there was no such thing as having an Islamic division in the bank. What the ulama told the public was, stay away from interest. We are using the banks out of absolute need. Like a person who's starving and is about to die, pork is placed in front of him. He doesn't eat the pork with relish, he eats the pork out of necessity. And that too would disgust that I have to eat it to survive. We use the banks, yes we use the banks for our purposes, but we don't use, we use it genuinely out of need not to take one cent from the banks. We don't want to take even one cent and benefit from the bank. Like that, Olama explained that when it comes to wine also, we are discouraged strongly from even drinking in wine glasses. 
Why? Because it got to do with the prohibition in Islam. And that prohibition is drinking of wine. So don't even drink from the wine glasses. Allama Shami Rahmatullahi makes naqal from Adurul Mukhtar. And he explains that, that, that even to look at the wine bottles would desire and see how beautiful and take some enjoyments. Even that is haram. To look at something that is haram with enjoyment, that is haram. Forget mimicking and taking pleasure and taking money and benefit from haram. That is something unacceptable. So this is something that we have to bear in mind, that we have to be very careful what is happening. Now when we look at Faiz, the banks are concerned. I'll just use maybe one or two banks as the example, but the general procedures are going out throughout most of the banks. Most of the banks are using the same game plan. Exactly, almost same. First thing is, they are not separate. When you talk about Islamic division or Islamic banking within the conventional banks, they are not a separate natural person, they are not a separate juristic person. What are they? They are just a window. A window is like a host, sorry, like a servant to the host. All they are doing is they are serving the master. The master, for example, in First National Bank is First Rand Bank Limited. What they are doing is they are serving the objectives, they are serving the desires, they are serving the rules, the regulation, the risk management structure of the host. What the host says do, we do. How, what income they want us to earn, we must earn for them. How they want us to generate, we generate to such an extent, the floor space that the Islamic banking division uses is paid by First Run Bank Limited. The lights are paid, water is paid, staff is paid, even those people that are employed in the Sharia division are paid by First Rand Bank Limited. What is left? Where is independence if the people that are taking out the Sharia certificates are being paid by the bank themselves? Can you see any independence there? Who pays the piper calls the tune. It's impossible to say that you're being employed. My Ustad has a Mufti Sahib. On one occasion, one of the major banks came to, to Madrasa. And this happened also personally. I had this experience also. But anyway, this bank came to the Madrasa. What the papers, etc. That this is what we want you to do. We want you to head our Sharia division. You don't need to come to the bank. We will come to you. Your commission is guaranteed. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of money to be made in this game. To such an extent that one businessman is telling me from Johannesburg, director of a company, he says that we had to pay the Sharia consultants 5,000 rand a consult. Each person, 5,000 rand a consult. There's a lot of money to be made. Anyway, these people came to the madrasa and came, they said, Hazrat, this is a document you need to sign to approve that you will be now overseeing the Sharia division. Hazrat Mufti Sahib took that document and threw it off his table. He said, you think my deen is so cheap. Just for some commission and some money, I'm going to sign these documents. What Allah has made haram, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has made haram. How can I ever make it halal? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, لَتَتَّبِعُنَّ سَنَنَ مَنْ كَانَ قَبْلَكُمْ شِبْرًا شِبْرًا وَذِرَاعًا بِذِرَاعٍ حَتَّى لَوْ دَخَلُوا جُحْرَ ضَبٍ تَبِعْتُمُوهُمْ قُلْنَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهَ الْيَهُودَ وَالنَّصَارَى قَالَ فَمَنْ Nabi sallallahu the, you will follow so closely those before you, span by span, hand by hand. Like you see a child that is chasing another child playing running. If that one child jiggers to the right, he's going to the right. He runs to the left, he's running to the left. So closely you will fo- follow them. In the, in the explanation of this, this kinayatun an shiddatil muwafaqa, you'll start following the people before you so closely like that. If that, if those people have to go into the lizard's hole, you'll also go. 
If they were doing something that was haram, you want to start it. They started cinemas, you want to start cinemas. They started casinos, look is what's happening in Saudi. They started casinos, you want to start casinos. They go into financing, you want to go into financing. They go into Sharia fixed deposits, you want to go. They want to go in halal finance, you want to start going that also. Everything they do, you want to do. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam explained that such an extent will come. Sahaba said, we asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you mean we'll start following the Yahud and Nasara? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Faman, who else? Who else? They did exactly the same thing. They employed these three steps. These three steps they employed. What three steps? Evaluating, and then designing, and then implementing. Nabi Allah makes mention of it in the Quran, that there was a fishing community in the time of the Bani Israel. They were told, don't fish on Saturdays. They saw the prohibition, they evaluated it, they designed the scheme. What the scheme is? We'll put the nets in on Friday, we'll pull the nets out on Sunday. We will circumvent what was ordinarily haram, we'll make it appear to be halal. Allah Ta'ala didn't like this at all. He didn't like this at all. What was the end result? Become apes despised. You're playing monkey tricks with Allah Ta'ala, you become monkeys. In other words, don't play games with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers, there's not much time. I just wanted to show you very quickly how this aping is going on. If you want, you can go onto the website also, FNB. Go on to Standard Bank and see that what they'll tell you is that profit is calculated usually using an everyday, average daily balance method. One thing, I'm just giving you one example. Average daily balance method is called a weightage. Weightage is not some weights that are found in the gym. Weightage means to try and mimic a normal deal. We're trying to make it like how a bank does it. In other words, the longer your money stays with us, the more interest you'll earn, the more so-called profits you'll earn. Whereas in Islam, if I tell you, do one deal for me, I give you 300,000, buy one car and sell the car. If you buy the car in day one, for four, uh, if, you sell, if you buy one car and you sell it, for example, 400,000, you made 100,000 for me. I'm deserving of that profit in day one. I don't have to wait for 50 days, 90 days, 120 days. But banks can't survive like that. They work, the longer the money is with us, the more return we can give you. Every, almost every bank got the same thing. It's called weighted average. It's a financial model put specifically in place to mimic the normal haram bank. We need to get money on time. That's the only way we're going to get money on time. And have a look at this, that if it's fixed term, 30 days, 44 points. In other words, that's the... A part of the model that you'll get a return. If it is 90 days, 48. If it's 180 days, 55. It is 365 days, 58. Like that, if it goes to 60 months, then it is 73. The longer your money is with us, the more return you will get. Is this not interest in a different guise? Are we playing games with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We got to ask ourselves something that was disgusting, something that was disliked. We are now trying to make it halal. We are... And the other way that is done is we'll call it a partnership. A man goes to the bank to borrow money. He needs the money for the house. What document they make him sign? They make him sign a partnership agreement. Poor man went to borrow money. He doesn't even know what is a partnership. The bank doesn't even think he's a partnership. After he's gone, they call him client. And he thinks he's a client, but they say you sign a partnership agreement. What fool? You make a fool of who? Where is innamal amalu bin niyat? Your niyat is to finance. Their niyat is to finance you. Make it seem as a partnership is fooling who? Is it ever possible to fool Allah? The surprising thing is the Reserve Bank, South African Revenue Services, the bank themselves don't think that this is a partnership. They won't even consider you as a related party. They don't consider it. They'll put their money as part of deposits and not as part of share capital, but they'll tell you this is a partnership. Your money is coming in as part of a partnership. Who is fooling who? They don't believe it, but the Muslim public is thinking that we are going to the bank and we're becoming a partner with the bank. Something that was haram, we suddenly thinking has become halal. Brothers are 
close off on two incidents. Just take three minutes and I'll finish. This is a very, very important topic. I apologize for taking long. Hazrat Mawlana Yunus Patel sahab rahmatullah Ali. On one occasion, it was month end in the madrasa. And it was time for salaries. And they were running short of funds. At that time, one check had come in from one so-called Islamic bank of 5,000 rand. So the person that was assisting Hazrat, he told me the story himself. He said, I took that check and I told Hazrat, this will help us towards our salaries. We are running short. He said, Hazrat Mawlana Yunus Patel rahmatullah Ali told me, take the check, put it back in the envelope and send it back to the sender. This type of money we don't take. We don't want anything doubtful. We don't want anything like this in our madrasa. For our madrasa to run properly, we can only take clean, pure, halal income. We're not interested in anything like that. On another occasion, there was one Islamic division, like how we got this conventional bank. One Islamic division had given one check to the madrasa of 30,000 rand. So Hazrat Molana refused to take it. Later on, the manager came to the madrasa. Hazrat Molana is giving this to the ulama, some ulama that came to him for advice. He's telling them the story. He says, the manager came to me. He says, why you don't want to take this money? There are so many other institutes that I've given this money to. They wrote letters of shukriya, letters of, of gratitude to me to thank me for giving me money. When I'm giving you this money, you're sending this money back. So Hazrat Mullah Yunus Patil Rahmatullah tells his ulama, he says, I'm thinking, for some time I'm thinking, we are speaking about ittifaq, ittifaq. We are speaking about unity, unity, unity. Why is unity not coming? He says, how will unity ever come if the ummah is eating money like this? From the Sharia divisions, from these banks, we are thinking we are taking halal, in other fact we are taking haram. I will end up with one more story, one more incident. There was a musalli of ours, very nice, good musalli, Allah Ta'ala, full his kabar of nur. Many people may have heard of him, Haji Yaqub Usman, Rahmatullah Ali, such a beautiful debt he had, such a good personality. So many people are talking about his generosity even after he passed away. One of his business policies was that not a single cent of interest must come into my business. His son told me that on one occasion he saw on his desk, his credit card payment he made, little bit late, there was 11 rand interest written on that account. He said, the way my father shouted me, he said, I don't want to see this word interest written anywhere in our business. We are not taking interest. On one occasion they desired a forklift. They desired a forklift early days, didn't have the funds for it. He said, I told my father, look, they're offering this, bank is offering this finance plan and that finance plan and they can make it permissible. He said, I'm not interested. We don't have the money. We don't do anything that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. We keep away. What a beautiful death Allah Ta'ala had given him. We all want a beautiful moth. We all want a nice moth. Refused to take insurance. A few days before he left on his final trip, he phones me up and he tells me that I'm forced for my visa to take some type of insurance out. Is it permissible? How can, I, I never took out insurance in my life. I'm not comfortable taking out insurance. Now they're forcing me for a visa to take out insurance. You tell me cancel the trip, I cancel my whole trip. But I don't want to do something that is haram. This is the spirit a Muslim should have. Not one cent of haram must come into my business. Look at what a moth Allah Ta'ala had given him. People talk about it. Eh? Woke up for the Hajjud Salat, went to the masjid. After the masjid, sat with the imam and spoke to the imam. Then read Ishraq Salah, came back to his family, gave sadaqah as his last gesture of kindness and then sitting facing Qibla almost to say as though he's sitting in Jannah before Allah Ta'ala took him into the real Jannah facing Qibla how you live that's how you will die and how you will die that's how you will be raised up on the day of Qiyamah in conclusion brothers if we want barakat in our lives we want happiness in our life we want joy in our lives 
keep out those things that are haram, those things that are doubtful. Banks is not a place for us to be investing one cent and taking money back. It's something we should be doing out of absolute necessity, making istighfar to Allah Ta'ala that we have to use it. We have denigrated, degenerated to such an extent that recently Association of Muslim Schools, who was the sponsor of the tournament? Standard Bank. Can you imagine? Allah's qasam, it is better to get mainstay, to get Johnny Walker, to get Castle Lager, to get Carlsberg to sponsor a tournament, as disgusting as it may be, than to get a Riba Institute. Because what Riba is the most severest, most severest punishment and warnings come for Riba, over and above even murder, over and even above liquor also. But yet, we'll get them, and we're happy. Every child that is looking at that Standard Bank logo thinks nothing of a Riba Institute. Every supporter, every player is looking at it and thinks nothing. What are we thinking? Are we heading towards destruction if looting doesn't become the norm of the day? If earthquakes does not become the norm of the day? If flooding does not become the norm of the day? Then what are we waiting for to wake us up from our slumber? Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq of making amal and implementing and doing the correct things. What is right is right. Leave the zigzagging, the jigajoing, the skidding, the handbrake turnings and doing schemes and all for other people. If a person's heart is clean, he doesn't need to ask anybody. He'll know what is right, he'll know what is wrong. A scheme to try and deluge and delude and try and deceive what Allah Ta'ala's plan is will never ever work. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil